hear what the word of the Lord says in Psalms 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Can we get that up on the screen, please? If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel. He will redeem his people from all his iniquities. And Father, we ask for the increase of your presence today. The increase of the awareness of your presence that's already here. And we thank you for your healing. We thank you for your life. And we ask that we would enter into your fullness. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Just without, without turning talking right now, hear the same scripture in the message this morning as we look at God's word together. The message says this, the same scripture that we just read and had up on the screen. Help, God. The bottom has fallen out of my life. Master, hear my cry for help. Listen hard. Open your ears. Listen to my cries for mercy. If you, God, keep records of wrongdoings, who would stand a chance? As it turns out, forgiveness is your habit. And that's why you're worshipped. I pray to God my life a prayer and wait for what he will say and do. My life's on the line before my God, my Lord, waiting and watching till morning, waiting and watching till morning. Oh, Israel, wait and watch for God. With God's arrival comes love. With God's arrival comes generous redemption. No doubt about it, he'll redeem Israel, buy back Israel from captivity to sin. It's not fun. Help, God. I want to welcome you if you came in uh, a little bit late today. Uh, my name is Samuel. I'm one of the pastors here. And it's, uh, it's a privilege and honor that we're going to just transition into the Word of God right now. Before we do any offering, before we go into the Lord's table, we're just going to move from worship into this position. If you could get that picture up on the screen, please. I want to highlight a couple things here as we go. Interestingly enough, I came into a bit of a discovery this past while about the word wait. And we know a lot of what, shouldn't have put it up yet, but anyways, we're reading it now. Let's just jump into it. Isaiah 40, 31 says, a very famous scripture that many people know off by heart, but they that wait 
for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But hear this. The word wait means to twist, to bend, to be strong, robust, to expect, to await, to expect, to lie in wait, to be gathered together. So just will that's on the screen. Interestingly enough, the people of God understood the wait, not as just a posture of the heart, but a weaving together. They would actually use this word to speak of how they would mend their nets, how they would braid ropes together. So Ecclesiastes says a rope uh, uh, that is a, a threefold cord or threefold rope is not easily broken because it's intertwined and the interlocking parts begin to make it fundamentally indestructible from just a pull or just the, the tatters and tears of life. And so the word weight has far more to do with being bound up into the life of Christ and letting his weaving take place in our hearts and in our minds than it does just to passively do nothing. We all know in this church that waiting doesn't mean doing nothing. Waiting, people have described it as anticipating, just being ready for that moment. But I want to challenge you and put to you today that waiting is actually more of an intertwining of the life of God in the situation that you have found yourself in. And as I've been studying this, the reality of what the weaving looked like to me was a threefold cord could mean a lot of things. And a lot of people use that verse for marriage and the, the binding together of a husband and a wife and then with the spirit of God who Malachi the prophet declares that the Lord puts a portion of his spirit in the marriage, that it binds it together in a perfect unity and holds it together and that a marriage in the presence of God is a marriage that not only lasts but th thrives. Hallelujah. And so, the, but... but Here's a part of the picture that I felt the Lord was speaking to us as a church from the posture and position of worship is that the waiting looks like your life, your work, and the weavings of his spirit in the midst of your life and your work. And what I mean by that is, hear this scripture again. The psalmist, the, the scripture in Psalms 130 is called a psalm of ascent. And the history behind that is this was one of the psalms, one of the several psalms in that section that actually were massively formational to the people of God, that they would recite the psalms by memory as they would ascend to the very presence of God at the temple. And the people of God would recite this, which reviewed the history, the reality, the pain, and the life stuff that they would have to go through. And so the psalmist is not afraid of telling God how he feels. And I love the way the message says it. Help God, the bottom's fallen out of my world. The bottom has fallen out. This is more difficult than I ever thought. And the psalmist is not afraid to say, God, where I stand and where I am right now is not where I thought I would be. 
And the psalmist is acquainted with suffering because suffering is something that the people of God all go through. And we suffer in many different kinds of ways. In fact, Diedrich Bonhoeffer said, uh, a very famous theologian uh, during the Nazi war time of World War II, said that people should not be defined so much by what they do or, or who they are, but rather what they have suffered. Because it's in suffering that we are truly marked as God's people. And how we go through suffering is how we enter into the very presence of God. And I will continue to say this over and over as long as I breathe on this earth. This is the only chance you get to praise in the midst of suffering. If you're familiar with Revelation, apparently in heaven there is no more pain. Therefore, in this life, when you're worshiping in pain, how much more glorious could it be? How much more would angels long to look into the worship where we do not see face to face right now? One day we will see face to face, but right now we see through a glass dimly and yet we praise. Peter says, you do not see him, yet you love him. And the blessing of God is established in our life as we participate in that. And so the psalmist is saying, be attentive to me in this moment. Be attentive to me. And then he declares. He declares something that prefigures the Lord's table. It looks ahead towards the forgiveness that is going to be accessible to all of God's people. And that forgiveness is If he was to mark iniquity and not take care of it himself, who could stand? The psalmist realizes he could not stand himself. But he declares, with you, there there is forgiveness that you may be feared or that you may be worshipped. In the message version, it says, forgiveness is your habit. And therefore, you are to be worshipped. It's your habit. It's the overflow of who he is and how he interacts with us. And I want to encourage you that the the right biblical posture for forgiveness is one where God looks at the sin that you have walked in and participated in. And instead of letting that be a barrier, he covers it with the blood of Christ and moves it aside. Colossians says he actually sets it aside. The record of debt that stood against you with all its legal demands, he set it aside where? By nailing it to the cross. Thank you, Lord. And the way that I've always understood God to move towards us is that, and the way that we are to move towards each other in forgiveness is not that we just forget it ever happened, but rather we let it get nailed to the cross. And as it separates, we move towards each other as God moves towards us. Because our interaction, when it has to do with forgiveness, doesn't mean the things in life that we have experienced and suffered just magically disappear. But rather, we have a sufficient Savior who sets it aside and moves towards us with his great and glorious love. And therefore, the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord. Can we have that picture back up, please? My soul waits, and in his word, I hope. Do you see what the psalmist is doing here this morning? 
The psalmist is saying, I wait for the Lord. I am, and in his word, I hope. His word, the word of God begins to form in the psalmist's life and begins to inform him in such a way that the weavings of his world is now being influenced by the word of God. And his hope is not arbitrary. His hope is in two things. The revelation of who God is, that he is still on the throne of the universe, even though the bottom has fallen out of your proverbial world. That he is still on the throne of the universe, and he is all in control, all powerful, and all loving. And in the testimony of God's people, that he has done it in the past, and he's going to do it again with us. Therefore, in his word, I hope. And so the intertwining of our life is not reflective to an arbitrary waiting or a posture of, I really hope things begin to change. But I actually believe it's more of a working and an understanding of working the scriptures into our life, doing the disciplines of setting aside the time to spend time with God in those moments of your daily life, of my daily life. Not just going, I know God's going to show up at some point. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I sure hope it happens quick. But rather a posture of weaving, of intertwining, and the movement of his spirit. This morning at the early service, Melissa Wilson uh, was preaching this morning, and she began to explain Brother Lawrence. And Brother Lawrence's confession, who who was a very famous monk at one time, and wrote uh, practicing the presence, right? He, and as, as, he, as Melissa was explaining it today, it was in Brother Lawrence's understanding that he wasn't just to ask for more of God's presence, but rather be aware of where God's presence was in the midst of where his life is. Therefore, that guy could praise the Lord and be in deep satisfaction in his soul in something as mundane is washing dishes. And he was famous for washing dishes and being in the joy and rapture of the Lord. Why? Because of the interweaving of the life of God as he waits on him. Waiting is not a posture of stepping back, but a weaving in. And it's only by the Spirit of God that it can happen. But we are being weaved and we allow the weaving to take place and I am lacking words to fully explain it to you today but I believe that there is a new time of waiting that we as a church need to move towards that's why prayers of waiting isn't just prayers of praying and waiting till something happens like the English understanding but a very weaving of the fabric of God in our life that we would begin to pray the prayers of heaven and say not my will but your will be done. This weaving takes place. You know that God is working this. And we know that God is a worker. And it's him that will complete this. For he started it as Philippians 1.6 says. That for this we know because God began a good work in you. He will bring it to completion. How does he bring it to completion? I believe in this waiting posture. Do you see that the word brings out more meaning 
Because it says to twist and to bend. And I believe in this kind of place that many people feel like they find themselves in is that the Lord begins to twist and bend things in your life and you need to be in that place. You may have heard it said in a charismatic church, get under the spout where the glory comes out. I'd like to maybe add a new one, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this very well. I don't know. Get into the weave. Don't be like Eve. Oh, it's terrible, but anyways, here we go. There's an anticipation in, in our heart and the encouragement as we move towards the Lord's table. And as we, as we move towards participation in his life, do you want to know something amazing about the history of the Lord's table with the people of God? Is that the Lord's table, no matter how people present it, when it is administered, God moves in a unique and powerful way. No matter how many people try to put up fences and barriers and understanding. And that's why people started to say, well, you need to do this in order to receive the Lord's table. And you need to make sure you're right with your brother and sister before you go to the Lord's table. And you need to do all these kind of things because they understood that something unique happens. Therefore, they have to control it. And that's the history of God's people. As we go, something unique has happened, therefore we want to get our hands on it and make it fit into our world. And I want to encourage you this morning that our posture of waiting in worship and receiving from the Lord's table, there is a new weave that's going to take place in your life, a new bend. Even if you currently feel right now that your world, the bottom has fallen out of. And if you don't feel like that, there's still a waiting, a weaving, a bending, an anticipation in hope, and not just hope alone, but hope in his word. And if you can put up verse 7 from Psalms 130, the call is this, and I'll invite Pastor Randy and the servers to come on up and begin to prepare for the administration of the Lord's table. Amanda here. New. Yes. Excellent. Here's verse seven. Yes, yeah, servers, the ones that are going to come. Other servers. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. Remember what the message said? When God shows up, here comes his love. For with him is plentiful redemption. And that's the promise that's on the table right now. For the Bible says in verse 8, he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And we believe that, that the Lord has called us to wait on him and hope in his word. And the promise of his word is that in him there is abundance of mercy. The Bible would declare that he is infinite in mercy, which means that his mercy never runs out. And what I love the most about, one of the things I love the most about the Lord's table 
is there are many people that can get confused in a church that wants to honor the Holy Spirit that feelings are the only indicator of the presence of God. And it gets very confusing because you see people that are feeling things and then we automatically jump to, well, maybe if I spend a little bit of more, more time with God this week, maybe I would feel what they're feeling, obviously. And we jump to feelings are facts instead of jumping towards faith and trust in Jesus and knowing that he is moving whether we feel it or not. And what I love about the Lord's table is he all gives us, he gives us a tangible feeling of the bread and the juice. So whether you're feeling felt presence or not, you'll definitely taste and see that he is good because in him is plentiful redemption. Can you let your imaginations go for a moment of what plentiful redemption looks like? even for your loved ones? What's plentiful mean? Yeah. Like better than all you can eat. Like plentiful. And with the Lord, there is steadfast love. There are several people in this room this morning, if not all of us, that need to hear today that the Lord is steadfast and immovable in his love towards you and how he is going to come towards you this morning. And the posture is one of waiting, knowing that in our stance of receiving of the Lord's table today, there is going to be a new weave taking place in our life. Something is going to be grafted into you today, revitalized in you today, renewed in you today, that's going to cause you to hope in his word, not magic, but rather formation. So every step we take towards him is one that he's already invited us towards. And so we know that on the night the Lord was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is his body, which is broken for you. You're to do this in remembrance of him. And in the same way, he took the cup and he gave us the cup of the new deal in his blood. And he says, his words are whenever you drink it, you take part in the greatest prophetic declaration of the gospel the world has ever heard. By eating it, we are declaring. For the Bible says we proclaim his death until he comes. And so we're going to enter into a, a time of worship and singing. And we're inviting, the kids are going to be brought back to the parents. And we just ask that in this moment, that uh, in, in just a moment, that parents, you can go to the back and gather your kids from the back and then bring your kids to the front. We have three lines, and the three lines are for this purpose. Not for us to all run up to the line right away, but for us to come up to a space and receive the bread and the juice, and also receive prayer of healing, prayer of hope, prayer of delight with hands laid on you. And we 
want to give space for that. And then we want you to move from a spot of, of here in worship to back here in worship and we are going to gather with our children with all the Sunday school workers as a whole church we're going to gather we're going to stand we're going to sing and we're going to let there be a time of offering after for the what we have received we want to give praise to God and then we'll move from that point into the corporate fellowship of connection with each other so this is a little bit different, but I appreciate your grace in this. And I hope that this becomes something very beautiful, that we'd make space. And we, even the Lord spoke so many prophetic words today. So let's wait on him today. And let's come and receive from the Lord's table. I'm going to pray. And after pray, we can begin to move forward. Father, we thank you for our hope is in you. And we ask that this day you would overwhelm our hearts and our lives with the presence of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's come forward now and receive a blessing.